When you have questions about guns, the shooting sports, or your rights, where do you turn? Do what the pros do. When they have questions, they go to Tom Gresham's Gun Talk. Tom hosts several programs on the Outdoor Channel, is a noted book author and magazine editor, and he hosts the first and only national talk radio show pertaining to these issues. You can participate by calling 1-800-TALK-GUNS and join us in the chat room at guntalk.com. Now, prepare yourself for a no-nonsense, straightforward approach to firearms and related topics. Tom Gresham's Gun Talk. Turn the radio on to Tom Gresham's Gun Talk. Oh, baby, you know what I like. Oh, yeah, we're having fun. Hey, welcome again to Gun Talk. I'm Tom Gresham. I'm the host, and we're just going to talk about lots of stuff today. If it's about guns, we pretty much visit it around here. We'll talk about anything from politics to current events to uh Oh, the gun culture that some people like to talk about, the gun culture in America. We'll also, of course, talk about trap shooting, skeet, sporting clays, hunting, eh, just about anything that has to do with guns. A lot of personal defense stuff uh, we'll talk about here, what kind of gun to get, what kind of gun to, uh, to shoot, how to introduce people to shooting, how to store a gun safely in your home while you have small kids. Now, there's one for you. One of the things we've been talking about over the last, oh, several weeks, really, actually probably more than that, months and months, is the uh, the increasing cost in ammunition. And it's, you know, for a shooter, it's, you know, like it is with a, a driver. If gas prices are going up, it really starts to affect you. If you are a serious shooter, not just somebody who owns a gun but doesn't shoot, but actually goes out and shoots a good bit, or the cost of ammo becomes a serious issue for you. And ammunition prices have been going up a lot. Uh, the price of copper has gone up. The price of lead has gone up. Just basically across the board, metals. And then, you know, the other thing, of course, is as fuel prices go up, ammunition is basically heavy, and they have to transport it. And so you end up paying a penalty for that, too. So we've had, I don't know, two or three ammo prices increases in the last year. Uh, we're probably looking at two. I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't have three this coming year in the next 12 months. What's a person to do? Well, you know, the one answer that's not acceptable is to shoot less. You know, we don't want to shoot less. This is our our hobby, our passion. This is our fun. This is what we do for recreation. For some of us, it's what we do for training, for personal defense, and it's important you know, if you're going to have a gun for personal defense, you need to go out and shoot it. So shooting less is not an option. So what do we do? Well, one option that you may want to consider is making your own ammo. You you actually can make your own ammunition. It's uh, it's called reloading or hand loading, depending on how you want to look at it. Uh, it's all the same thing. It's basically reversing the process that it, under, it takes place when you pull the trigger, the process of firing a, a cartridge or a shot shell. You can reverse that and put it all back together. That's what we're going to be talking about for a little while today. And to do that, I've asked a friend of mine to join us. Tom Shepard is the president and CEO of the Hodgden Powder Company located in the Kansas City area. Hey, Tom, how you doing? I'm doing great, Tom. How are you today? Good. We are having a fabulous day. I'm telling you what, I was out there pulling weeds yesterday. Summer is almost here. Same thing here for Kansas City, a lot uh, cooler than it is in your place, I imagine. But still, um, after I get done with this interview, I think I might head to the Trap and Skeet Range. Good deal. Are you, are you going to take up uh, shooting shotguns? 
Yeah, I, I think uh, I, I've actually done it for quite a few years, Tom, as you well know. And, and uh, uh, it's, it's, uh, the season is about upon us. I shoot about, oh, I guess I shoot with, between practice and competition about 30,000 rounds a year. And I'm getting ready to start pulling the trigger on the first of those. Yeah, I'm laughing about you taking up shooting. You actually have given me instruction. We've done a little of that on TV before. We did, and, and uh, you, you were a pretty good student, Tom. I think you've probably been around a shotgun a little bit yourself. I, I got lucky a time or two. <laughs> uh, so you're shooting about 30,000 rounds a year. Yeah, I am. There, you know, you got to know that there are people, you've probably run into them if you're outside of the shooting world, run into somebody and they think, oh, my God, no, nobody on the planet could shoot 30,000 rounds a year, and you're not at the, the top end of that, are you? Oh no, there there are guys, and you know, Tom, uh, some of the guys, the competitive pistol shooters, really pull the trigger oh, a lot, man. and it's not unusual for them to go fifty to eighty thousand. Yeah, I mean, I, I talk to a lot of them who routinely shoot a thousand rounds a week. Yep, that's just, not unusual. Just you know, week in, week out, they're shooting a thousand rounds a week. Now, here's the question: uh, How can anybody afford to shoot thirty thousand rounds of factory ammo? Well, it's darn tough. You can either hit a home run financially somewhere right. and do it factory, or, um, and the more acceptable way for me is to uh, hand load those rounds. And I do that. Um, you know, I make a, a nice, reliable round, and many of our customers of Hodgson Powder Company do too. And I shoot those in practice and in competition. Were you were you into hand loading before you started at Hodgson, or I, I didn't know how long you've been at Hodgson. Well, I I actually have been off and on with Hodgson for almost thirty years now. Oh actually, my gosh! Actually, a little longer. And uh, when I was uh, just out of high school, packing uh, gunpowder at their facility, and at that time in Shawnee, Kansas, um, I had not hand loaded. But mm-hmm. as I was an interested hunter. And uh, went, especially a bird hunter, went hunting a lot. When, when after I got out of college and got my feet under me financially, I started shooting a little bit. And mm-hmm. it was, it was. You're right. It was just an impossible thing to keep up with it financially. So I shot rifle and shotgun, and bought uh, inexpensive uh, machines. I, I think the shotgun one now you can buy a one. Uh, Manufactured by Mayville Engineering, commonly known as Mac, mm-hmm. for still for under a hundred dollars. It's unbelievable. I mean, the, the barrier to get in is not very high, it, but it depends upon you know the level. You, you can jump in at the high end and spend a lot of money. Yep. But but there are ways to get into hand loading fairly inexpensive on on the if you will the cartridge metal cartridge side. I mean, you can still get a lead loader. You can still get a lead loader. They're very inexpensive and very efficient. They uh, they crank out ammunition like crazy. Not as not as much. You know what you're paying for when you go to the the higher end. These machines is not the quality of ammunition, but instead the 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 rate of production. That's right. It's just speed. Uh, you know, with a lead loader, uh, I can probably load uh, I don't know twenty to fifty rounds. And an I'm talking about the old style, you know, hand lead loader. Oh. Yeah, I remember those. Remember those old things? For 357. Those things where you take the the hammer and you'd pound on that thing on the kitchen table and make ammo out of it? Absolutely. Yeah. I, fir- I actually owned one of those. And, and, they, the, fir- and it, the first it time you ammunition. do it, the first time you did it, you'd wince. Cause you'd go, Man, <laughs> I'm banging on this ammo. <laughs> but, you know, we could actually make you know, 20 or 50 rounds in an hour if we worked hard at it. And now you get these loaders on the top end. 
I mean, some of these machines you're doing, I don't know, 600,000 rounds more I than can, that. I can easily do... I can easily do 500 rounds an hour on a hydraulic mech machine, which I'm just going to have to estimate the cost of that, Tom, because I really don't remember, but around mm-hmm. $700. And I right. can do easily 500 rounds. And if I was non encumbered by filling it up with shot and powder and replacing the primers that went in it, I could do more than that. Yeah, they say if you really want to try to set a speed record, you need one person to sit there and keep filling up the hoppers, another pe- person just work the thing. That's exactly right, because yeah. that's the big thing, going and getting more shell casings, in my case. Of, more stuff. Uh, stuff <laughs> into the machine is the big deal. Exactly. Uh, tell you what, Tom, what I want to do here is take a quick break, come back. We're going to talk about Hodgson powder and kind of th- things you're doing. Also, we'll take calls and questions. If anybody wants to know more about what Hodgson's doing, want to get some tips on getting into hand loading, by all means, give us a holler. 866-TALK-GUNS, 866 866- Talk Guns. We're talking with Tom Shepard. He's president of Hodgson Powder Company. On the internet, Hodgson, H-O-D-G-D-O-N.com. Hey, 866-TALK-GUNS. Be right back with more Gun Talk. This portion of Gun Talk is brought to you by Marlin. Built in America by American craftsmen since 1870. For generations, American sportsmen have made Marlin rifles their first choice for putting meat on the table. Strong, accurate, and solidly dependable. Marlin rifles set today's standard for quality and reliability. See your Marlin dealer and choose the rifle that's made right for you. Marlin, when you've hunted long enough for the best. When you finally know what you want in a 1911, it's time to step up to a Springfield Armory custom-loaded 1911A1. These babies come with the works. Starting with the time-proven 1911, these pistols include many of the high-end features that make Springfield the 1911 of choice for the country's most demanding users, like the FBI's elite SWAT teams and hostage rescue team. Features include Novak low-mount tritium sights, beaver tail grip safety, titanium firing pin adjustable speed trigger, ILS integral locking system, loaded chamber indicator, and much more. Of course, every custom-loaded 1911 comes with the exclusive Springfield Armory Limited Lifetime Warranty. With Springfield Armory, you can have it your way. Pick a full-size, mid-size, or micro-compact custom-loaded Springfield from the extensive list of models, calibers, and options. Call 1-800-680-6866 or visit SpringfieldArmory.com. Taurus Millennium pistols feature lightweight, ease of use, and reliability. Now add raw 45 caliber power to that with the incredible PT-145, a subcompact auto with a full 10-round magazine. The PT-145 has a manual safety, the Taurus security system, and a great price. Only 23 ounces, the polymer frame, double action, only PT-145 is the best value in a compact 45. And you can get it with night sights. Check out the PT-145 at TAURUSUSA.com. Browning has been the leader in auto-loading shotguns from the very beginning, starting 90 years ago with John M. Browning's famous Auto 5. But Browning designers haven't been sitting still. Their new model, the Gold, redefines what a gas-operated shotgun should be. In wing shooting, feel is the key, and the Gold flies to the shoulder with a liveliness never before seen in an auto-loader. The shorter, lighter-weight receiver puts the balance between the hands, where the top shooters want it. And the short piston stroke makes for an extremely clean shooting gun. 
The Browning Gold adjusts automatically to any load, from one-ounce target ammo to heavy three-inch magnums. And unlike some 20s, which are built on a heavy 12-gauge frame, the Gold 20 is a true 20-gauge, using its own smaller action. Of course, all Gold shotguns exhibit the high quality and attention to detail that shooters everywhere have come to expect from Browning. Discover the new standard, the Gold standard in auto-loading shotguns. Check out the Gold 12 and 20 at your local Browning dealer. Hey, want to get that huge Brownells catalog for free? Now you can get this source for parts, cleaning products, gunsmith supplies, and tools for just a phone call. Brownells is famous for selection, service, and satisfaction. Tell them you heard about it on Tom Gresham's Gun Talk, and they'll send it to you for free. Call 1-800-741-0015. 1-800-741-0015. 1-800-741-0015. The Brownells catalog for free. 1-800-741-0015. All right, we're back with Tom Gresham. The show is Gun Talk, and our number here, 866-TALK-GUNS. If it's easier, just do it this way. One, Tom, talk guns, and that'll get you here. We're talking with Tom Shepard from Hodgden Powder Company. Uh, I mentioned your uh, website there, Tom. You guys have done some amazing things with this thing. Yeah, it's probably uh, one of the one of the major accomplishments of our company, and it just happened as you and I talked about it at the Shot Show this year. It just came on live, and that is we introduced something called our RDC, and RDC is short for Reloading Data Center. The Reloading Data Center is an ina- interactive program operating on top of a database mm-hmm. that allows you access to the exact same information that our customer service representatives have when they answer questions from the from the reloading public that call into our office every day. As a matter of fact, we take some 200 calls a day. And those calls are answered by a guy sitting at a computer terminal using the RDC just as it appears on the Internet. Oh, really? So if I were to call uh, your customer service people or go online, we're going to be looking at the same thing so I can save the call and do it all online. Exactly. The only thing that they can't answer with uh, with the RDC are some old uh, cartridges that no longer um, no longer you know no longer manufacture right, something that right. we've never shot before, and uh, they use a cartridges of the world to go find that. Oh, <laughs> Frank Barnes. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, Hodgson is H O D G D O N. Earlier, I was telling somebody about that, and they said, "Boy, somebody needs to buy a vowel there." <laughs> yeah, I think that that is one of the most misspelled words in the industry. Got to be, but that's but uh, hey, that's the family name. It's Hod H O D G D O N. If you go to Hodgson dot com, you get a chance to go to the RDC, the Reloading Data Center. I went over there and just for fun put in one of my favorites, the uh, two fifty seven Roberts, and I can look Great at all cartridge. kinds of. Oh man, you know I love that thing, and I'm looking at cool loads. Tell you what, I got some callers here. Let's let's do this. We got people with questions or want to just dive into the midst of it. Let's get Chris on line three. He's calling out of Lagrand, Oregon. Hey, Chris, you're up. Hey, uh, you know I wanted to reload for a number of years, and I've heard the stories about uh, you know split cases and overcharged and uh, you know different uh, maladies that happen. How dangerous reloading can be. Right. And I finally got. Uh, was able to get into it. Somebody helped me get into it, and I've been, you know, made several attempts. But you know, once I got into it, it is really not rocket science. <laughs> That's it a is good thing. Probably, I mean, if you if you can make hot chocolate with water and powder, you can probably reload just fine. 
Yeah, but, that's absolutely right, Chris. Uh, I've, I've always thought that maybe uh, uh, our litigious nature in our country has driven a bunch of this uh, talk about how dangerous it is. It is indeed, it, it needs to be uh, approached with a modicum of care, just like driving an automobile. But on the other hand, uh, uh, it, I know very few hand loaders. As a matter of fact, I think zero, and I know a lot of them, they're missing fingers. You know, uh, you don't smoke a cigarette while you're putting gas in your boat. Uh, there are just certain things you do, and if, you're, if you observe the safety rules of hand loading, you're going to be just fine. Chris, let me are you still there, Chris? No, he's not. Okay, I'm sorry, Chris. Uh, let me ask you, Tom, how does somebody get into hand loading? It seems to me it's a little bit easier now than it was 20 or 30 years ago. Back, back then, you simply had to know somebody. There was, It would be difficult to do it on your own, but now you have, I don't know, videos and all kinds of things that help you. Yeah, I think the the very best way is still the old way. It's wonderful if you happen to know somebody that's a handloader and go over to their house and learn how. Mm-hmm. It's great hands-on. But you're right. All the major tool manufacturers, Lyman and RCBS, Mayville Engineering, have uh, and others have uh, tapes, videotapes, to show you how to do it. In addition to that, there's the old-fashioned way, the written instructions, which is the way that uh, I learned is kind of a combination of both, going mm-hmm. over to somebody's house and reading and you know it just doesn't it just doesn't uh, it's just not rocket science let me tell you what an absolute loser i was as a kid i read loading manuals cover (laughs) to cover i mean i didn't care if it was spear or sierra or hornady or or lyman or anybody's loading manual i would read it because they had these descriptions of every cartridge in them and a lot of them had pictures and, you know, you could say, okay, the 257 versus the 25-06, and what's the history of it? And, I mean, you know, you talk about a geek. Holy cow. Yeah, but that's, I think, a lot of the gun nuts around <laughs> myself included have done that. And that's, that's, that is indeed how you learn. Uh, we've got Scott who's called in on line four. He's with, uh, out of Wisconsin. Hey, Scott, you're up. Yes, sir. I keep my powder in a cool, dry place, and I reload for family and friends, and sometimes I open a canister and I don't use it for a year or two. What is the shelf life for opened and unopened canisters of hydrogen powder? Well, Chris, that's, or I'm sorry, Scott, that's a great question, and and it largely is, is, is uh, dependent on the conditions which you stored in. You mentioned a cool, dry place. That's very important. Um, Current manufactured propellant has a shelf life in the neighborhood of uh, in 40 years, um, some of them much longer. 40 years? Oh, yeah, 40 years easily, Tom. Now, that's, again, maintaining the the cool, dry place. The, yeah, if you the, live the in Louisiana, yeah, if you live in Louisiana and you keep it in the shed in the back where it's getting hot and humid all the time, that goes down exponentially. You can reduce it in a great deal of time. As a matter of fact, the method used to test for shelf life of powder is something the ABLE heat test. Mm-hmm. The ABLE heat test is simply raising propellant temperature up to over 200 degrees and with something akin to litmus paper starting to sense the amount of gas that's being put off by the uh, propellant. And you can, then, you can then reckon that against a terrage table that says, hey, here's, here's what we, re- we guess the shelf life to be. Okay, when you say cool and dry... Uh... That pretty much, I mean, an air-conditioned home, if it's comfortable for you, that pretty well is okay for powder, right? That is perfect. 
Okay, so basically it's not like you've got to keep it in a refrigerator. Absolutely not. No, most people's uh, uh, basements, uh, and, and, and remember, you know, you keep this stuff in the factory sealed package, you've got the dry portion is pretty much taken care of. Yeah, don't, uh, I mean, and every loading manual out there says don't take your powder and put it into a different kind of canister. Store in it when you're through loading and you have powder left over in your uh, loading press or your you know, hopper or whatever, put it back in the original canister. That's why we have funnels. Then you store it that way. Exactly. That's why every manufacturer has gotten away from cardboard and into plastic as far as the standard packaging. Okay. Um, I guess what we ought to do for somebody who's never seen loading take place. I mean, let, if you will, I'm going to take it for just a second here and just kind of describe what we're talking about. If you have a, um, take a, a rifle case, a 30 6 case, or, or a cartridge. When you shoot the cartridge, you've got a brass case, and inside the brass case there's powder, and at the end of it there's a primer, and on the top of it there's a bullet. Well, the firing pin hits the primer, ignites the primer, it uh, shoots out flame, to be basically very simple about it, the powder inside the case starts burning very quickly. The expanding gases push the bullet out of the case and into the barrel, down the barrel. Bullet goes out the barrel. Powder goes out the barrel in the form of uh, gas. Primer is expended. But you've got this brass case there, which, in fact, represents about 50% of the cost of the ammo. If you simply take the case out of the rifle and throw it away, you have thrown away half of what you paid for the ammo. If you... Reverse the process, put a new primer in, put powder in it, and put a bullet in it. You can load that for, what, about half times? that about the what we think the going uh, guess is, about half? About half. I mean, certain very expensive rifle cartridges, uh, uh, some of the proprietary cartridges, uh, such as the Weatherby cartridges, um, uh, little used cartridges like 28-gauge uh, wind uh, right. Shotgun. Uh, some of those are are very expensive, and you can save well more than half. It's kind of interesting. The small little twenty eight gauge and four ten that take less shot than uh, any, uh, which is the second most uh, valuable component in the in the mix. Right. Which take less shot, sell for more money than the twelve gauge powder at retail, and yet um, this this you know this this twelve gauge shell that you can load for. Buck eighty for a box of twenty five. Uh, the, the the cost is lessened even, so you're down to around a dollar fifty. You can save even more on the very expensive small gauge. Hold on a second here, Tom. We'll uh, sell some soap. Come back in a minute. We're talking with Tom Shepard. He's the president and CEO of Hodgson Powder Company. If you ever thought about getting into loading, or you're wondering maybe if it's right for you, this might be a good time to call. We can see if we can help you. I'll get out of the way. Let Tom take care of that. Eight six six Talk Guns. 866-TALK-GUNS. I'm Tom Gresham. This is Gun Talk. Hey, this is Gun Talk, and I'm Tom Gresham. Our number here is 866-TALK-GUNS. We're visiting with Tom Shepard from Hodgson Powder Company. Uh, Tom, during the break here, I'm playing with your uh, reloading data center online uh, you weren't kidding. I, I decided to go give them a, a challenge. They went to 12 gauge. It's going to try to find loads for short 12. I bought a, one of those little uh, two and a half inch chambered double barrel shotguns a few years ago. Very nice. You've got loads not only for the two and a half inch, you have loads for the two inch 12 gauge. Yeah, we've got them all the way across the board. Holy we, cow. 
Well, we've had a lot of customers, uh, so some of them, as you are, Tom, sophisticated gun owners, and they Eccentric need is more specialty like loads for two and two and a half inch 12 gauge. Yeah, I uh, I picked up that little two and a half inch 12 gauge uh, at a Cabela store up in Mitchell, South Dakota, about three or four years ago. In fact, I was uh, hunting with uh, Ray Elgin, who you know. Oh yeah. Yeah, and uh, we were stayed uh, across the street from the Cabela's, and every day I went in there, and every day I looked at that gun, and every day I picked it up and put it back down, and the last day I said I can't stand it anymore. <laughs> You were leaving, Tom. You knew that was going to be the last time you saw it unless you bought it. That's right. It's like a, a puppy in the pet store, man. You know, you just, exactly. I was not going to leave without it. <laughs> I've got some more calls for you. Let them on. All righty. Uh, Jesse on three. He's in New Mexico. Hey, Jesse, you're on Gun Talk. Good afternoon, Tom and Tom. Uh, Hi, Jesse. Tom, I used to, when I got started reloading, I was 14 years old and basically mm-hmm. did the same thing, read cover to cover. I've never had a split case. Other than a bad primer, I've, I've never had a problem. Well, you know, if you pay attention and, and you're careful, I think that's the deal. And uh, stay with us here, Jesse. Tom, I'd like you to kind of wade in on this. A lot of people say, oh, reloading, that's got to be dangerous. And one of the things I, I read early on in one of the loading manuals, and it really stuck with me, and it said, you know, you have to focus on this. You don't have something else going on. You know, you're not trying to use a computer or watching TV. And the thing that got me, it says, and if you're into your loading and somebody comes in and interrupts you and starts talking to you, you need to stop, back up, go back where you were, and take a look at everything again as though you're starting from scratch. Exactly. That and some other just safe management practices that you can use around the loading table really help. One other one is to use a powder that, that takes enough volume in the case so it's impossible to double load. So you can't double load it. Jesse, what kind of loading do you do? Uh, 45. Um, you know, I bought, uh, Tom, I don't know if Hodgson owned the bullet hole there in Shawnee at one time, but that's where I used to shoot. Oh, really? Yeah. And I bought my rock chucker there, which I still use. The only thing that I've ever worn out is the seats. You know, they just get sloppy after a while. But we would go to the – a lot of those guys at the bullet hole would just throw their 45 cases in the the buckets. And I used to just call through them and take – I'm still shooting brass from 1974. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. It's also great, you know, and and I do that too, scavenge those cases off the ski field, in your case, off the shooting range at the – at the bullet hole right next to our offices. You know, know once you once you get into hand loading, going out to the range is like going on a treasure hunt, isn't it? Oh, we had a ball, and my dad and I would load. We'd go over to the bullet hole and shoot uh, every Tuesday night in the leagues and uh, just had a ball. And I, I even reloaded through the Marine Corps, and they made me keep my powder locked up in the armory. So if I wanted to reload on a Sunday afternoon, I had to drive across the base at Camp Lejeune to get it. Still worthwhile. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thanks, Jesse. Appreciate the call. Uh, Tom, one of the things we haven't touched on is um, the idea and some – you only get this if you're into loading. But loading can easily become not the means to the end, but it can become the end. It's just fun to load at certain levels. It is, and I'll tell you what, it adds to the satisfaction of the shooting experience as well, Tom, because – as a loader, you know, Jesse mentioned that he took that ammunition and then shot in a league over at the bolt hole. Well, that league is competitive. Mm-hmm. And 
I don't care if you finish middle of the pack or next to the bottom, and Jesse may have well been winning all of them over there. I don't know. But but uh, it's it's a very nice to do that with ammunition you manufactured. It adds to the whole experience, in my opinion. You know, the uh, analogy I've heard, and I think it's really good, is it's like catching a trout on a fly that you tied. I you think know, that's exactly the same. It, it puts it all together. You say, I made this ammo, and I took this pheasant with it, or I, I won this trophy with it, or I just I broke this target. If nothing more, I, I broke a target with ammunition I made. Now, that's pretty cool. That is way cool. All right, let's talk to Donald for a second out of New York. Hey, line four. Hey, Donald, how you doing? Uh, good afternoon, Tom and Tom. Mm-hmm. Uh, my question is that uh, as pertains to loading rifle cartridges, um, do powders? How do you characterize different different uh, uh, propellants? Do 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 they? Does a manufacturer list them in a way which would uh, denote whether uh, the the speed of burn? Ah, uh, so trying to match question. the powder to the okay. So you've got a particular cartridge. And you're trying to figure out what's the right powder for it, and which one will give you the most velocity, or that, is that what you're saying? Trying to match the powder yes. to the, okay. Uh, Tom, why don't you tackle that one? Well, it's a it's an interesting question because first of all, is I, I I expect the way the question was asked, there is no magic in the numbering or naming systems of propellants to give you any hints as to what this gunpowder is made for. What's the best? Mm-hmm thing it's made for because yeah, the, the names are, are just crazy it could be unique it can be this it can you know the names are, are you know they don't help you so you've got to have a manual right a load manual you've absolutely got to have manual we have in the past and it, it may be available on the net I'm, I'm frankly not certain we have had a powder usage chart that's available um, in some of our literature, I know it's in our annual manual that we publish in a magazine form. is available at newsstand and, and from our uh, from our company. Um, that gives you some hints, and it'll list across the board rifle such as target silhouette, light rifle, medium, magnum, and, right. and then we put 50 caliber. And we give a list of the propellants that are available to, to choose from in that range. You know, but uh, honestly, I'm looking at your reloading data center online. That is a really cool deal. You put in whatever cartridge you want, the bullet weight that you want to use, and it lists all these powders and it gives you an idea of the velocity you're going to get. Yeah, I think in today's world that's the very best thing you can do. And if you look at those velocities, if you're looking for high velocity, you will uh, you'll probably find, you'll just pick out the one that has the that's highest velocity. Exactly. For the application. You're going to find the one that works best for you. Hold on just a second here, Tom. Another quick break. We'll come back. We're talking with Tom Shepard from Hodgson Powder Company. Our number eight six six Talk Guns. To hit the target, you have to see the sights, right? Well, standard handgun sights were designed for target shooters. Well, that's great when you have plenty of time. But if you use your handgun for action shooting games or for personal protection, you need sights that are fast. That's the idea behind XS Sights 24-7 Express Sights. 
They look like the sights on dangerous game rifles, and they work the same way. A glowing front sight automatically leaps into the shallow V rear sight, which features a tritium glow-in-the-dark insert. Just bring the gun up, and the sights seem to find the target on their own. Available for most handgun models, the 24-7 Express sights can make almost any shooter faster. Whether you're shooting in full light, half light, or low light, you'll see these sights, and you'll be on target fast. See for yourself at XSSites.com. That's XSSites.com or call 888-744-4880 for a free catalog. And tell them Tom Gresham sent you. You know, a friend of mine once told me he thought target shooting sounded kind of boring. Try knocking down targets and reloading when you're flying full tilt through a field course. Now that's a total rush. Not what you expected? Then give shooting a try. Find out how, where to get started, and much more at huntandshoot.org. Your heart is racing. Your trophy of a lifetime is within range. You only have a few seconds. Are you ready? You missed. Didn't you check your scope alignment after the long trip here? Or did you even check it after last year's hunt? Make sure your rifle is dead on before you go on any hunt with the Sight Light Mag Laser Bore Sighter. The Sight Light Bore Sighter will not only save you time and ammo, it will verify your sights in the field. Sight Light Mag Laser Bore Sighters are guaranteed more accurate than any other. Check them out at SightLightLasers.com. That's S I T E L I T E Lasers.com. Or call us at 800 472 4405. Sight Light Bore are Available at Cabela's, Bass Pro, Brownells, Midway, the Sportsman's Warehouse, and other sporting good outlets. And next time, you won't miss. Ruger single-action revolvers have been around for decades, and they are world-famous for their strength and reliability. But like any firearm, they can be dangerous if handled carelessly or improperly. For more than 100 years, it's been a well-known safety practice to keep an empty chamber under the hammer of any single-action revolver to prevent accidents caused by a drop or blow. In 1973, Ruger patented the transfer bar safety for its new model single-actions, which also prevents these accidents. And now you can get a similar safety mechanism factory installed free into your old model pre-1973 revolver, whether single six, Blackhawk, Super Blackhawk, or Bearcat. To take advantage of this offer, just write Ruger, and they'll send you the details and a shipping box. The new safety mechanism won't change the gun's appearance, and you collectors, you can get your original parts back. You won't find a better deal than that. Write to Sturm, Ruger, and Company, 1 Lacey Place, Southport, Connecticut, 06490. Dear Lupo, during a hunting trip in Louisiana, a hidden stump capsized our boat. Among the items that sank to the bottom was the rifle my dad gave me and my loop old scope. After two weeks, we recovered the rifle, totally ruined. But as I wiped off the scope's lenses and looked through it, everything was crystal clear. Thanks for making such a high-quality, well-crafted scope. Brad Martin, Louisiana. Loophole, the world's finest sports optics. Call 1-800-929-4949 for the Loophole dealer nearest you. One of the things that's great about doing this radio show is we have the smartest callers in the world. 
uh, the questions that I was going to ask for Tom Shepard, our guest from Hodgson Powder. Our callers asked, so I'm going to have Ron take care of it because he's called in from Wisconsin with the question I was going to ask. Ron, go ahead. Hey Ron, I use a Varget a lot in a target rifle. I have a 6mm PR, and I was just wondering if you had any new powders on the horizon. So, Tom, what, you know, what have you guys got that's new? I, I guess that just lets you talk about what you guys have been doing over the last year or two. What's new? Well, we actually do, but surprisingly enough, it's not under our name. Recently, within the last three years, we actually purchased the IMR Powder Company. And under that brand, we've introduced a powder called IMR 4207. And that propellant, which is just now been approved by the Department of Transportation for uh, legal shipping, um, should be available on the marketplace in about, uh, I guess, about two months. Mm-hmm. And it should be a great option for the 6BR that we were talking about earlier and many others. It's used in a wide range of applications. Uh, let me ask, what's the deal with the, with the Winchester powder? Because I see that on your site also. Yeah, we actually, that one was different than the purchase we made of IMR. We licensed the Winchester brand from Winchester. They recognized that although excellent in the distribution and sale of ammunition, um, they were not doing the job that they wanted to get done over on their gunpowder side. So we took it over about a year ago now, have introduced two new powders in the shot shell side, and we'll bring out um, an interesting uh, powder in uh, 2008, uh, powders that are designed to to work in the majority of their Supreme line of ammunition. Ah, okay. And we have a Hodgson powder for 2008 with some very special things that it's going to do in the it, with the the old 3006. I wish I had it would have had it two years before when we when the 3006 celebrated its hundredth anniversary. We weren't quite ready yet. Well, there's been a lot of uh, development over the last few years in uh, factory ammo. Hornady, of course, with its light magnum and uh, and I guess Federal also getting more velocity out of uh, rifle cartridges, but. Not doing it the way handloaders have done it in the past, which would be cranking up pressures, but actually staying within allowable pressures. Is that a factor of there being some different kinds of powders? Actually, that is a factor of a proprietary loading system. And that system takes a powder that's actually too fast for the cartridge. Uh And by putting it under compression um, makes it... Because it becomes compressed, it slows the charge down, Ooh. allowing the the. Um, I may be getting a little technical, but that I I think most of your listeners will get this that 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 even though it slows the powder down in the first part of the burn and then lets the fast powder go in the second. Sure, as as you're releasing the pressure uh, on it, then the the burn rate can actually speed up. Burn rate can actually speed up because as the bullet travels down the bore, the, the chamber, in, in essence, is expanding. So it's you have a bigger chamber to mm-hmm. let the faster powder go. Volumetric efficiency. Right. This, these propellants are not, um, are not released to the handling public because people are afraid that they would use those propellants in reduced charge, which could be disastrous. Yeah. Well, I can tell you, I, I've taken apart a couple of those loads, and once you take the powder out, 
you cannot get it back in the cake. No, it won't happen. <laughs> it just, you're not getting all, and you're thinking, that's impossible. I took more powder out of this case than it will hold. How, you know, but they've got a way of getting all that powder in there. Okay, so we're not going to have access to that, but you're going to have we're some We're not going to have access to that, but if you, and I think you're going to see this in the propellant business in the future, if you very specifically design a propellant for a particular cartridge and a particular bullet weight, you can achieve those kinds ah. of velocities, but it will not do it in the next one. Okay, hold on, hold on, Tom. We'll, we'll, we'll hold on to that thought. They're going to have some powders that are tailored for specific cartridges. They can't tell you about it yet. Hey, our number is 866-TALK-GUNS. Be right back with more Gun Talk. I love free stuff, and I just found free stuff hidden on the Hodgson website. Tom, you didn't tell us you had free stuff over there. <laughs> All the data you could eat, Tom. I'm telling you, uh, not only online, but if you go to the uh, Hodgson.com, over on the right where it says you've got your 2007 loading manual, if you click on that, there are three or no, four different booklets, reloader's guides, that you can get for free there. That's absolutely Very right. Very cool stuff. Now, uh, you ought to tell people about your loading manual. Well, our what we have deemed our annual manual is a magazine format manual. Mm-hmm. Um, it is available primarily at uh, on loading or on the uh, at the newsstand, but you can also get it from Hodgson Powder Company. Even order it online at mm-hmm. Hodgson.com. But the the manual has over five thousand loads in it, which uh, represents the the most popular or the fifty most popular cartridges. Um, that uh, dye manufacturers uh, have have given uh, us, and and it, it, it's extensive data for those fifty cartridges. If you're loading something a little bit more obscure, you might have to go to our reloading data center. Go to the website for that. Okay. Uh, somebody asked during the break said, uh, "How much does it cost to get into hand loading? If you wanted to go out and start from scratch and buy your gear, where do you tell people as a rough guide?" You know, I would I would tell you in in metallic cartridge loading, uh, rifle mm-hmm. and pistol loading, where you need to buy a basic press, a set of dies, probably a collet. Now I'm kind of taking the uh, our good friend John Lee out of this, who can do it for less money. Right. That's what I'm going to tell you considerably less. Um, then you need a scale for sure, right? Because it's very important you measure your your uh, powder weight and not guess at that. I'm guessing. What do you think? Two fifty, maybe. I'm 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 saying two and a half will get you even into the components that would be required Mm -hmm. uh, outside the brass. And And at that point, you were right early on. At that point, you begin loading for half price. Of course. Here now, here's here's the dirty little secret, and I guess we ought to let people in on it. Tom is you're not going to save any money. No, you're not going to save money. What you're going to do? You're going to shoot more. You're going to shoot more. (laughs) You're going to shoot twice as much. And you know, and we've all done it. You say, "Well, I'm going to save money." No, I'm oh. just going to load more ammo and shoot a lot more. <laughs> we've all done. I actually got into loading one time at a, at a time in my life where I couldn't get shoot very much. I, I wasn't able to shoot, and I kept loading, and I ended up with cases and cases of ammo just because I liked loading. Now, it certainly happens. I know that uh, recently I. I moved uh, residences, and during that move or before that move, I said, I don't want to move all these components. So 
I just started loading at a madman's pace. And I, I mean to tell you, it wasn't any better because we just carted box after box, case after case of ammunition out of that house. All right. Here, I'm going to try to pull Jerry in here real fast on four out of Nevada. Jerry, we don't have much time. Jump in. Hey, uh, Tom, I was just going to uh, say ditto to what you were saying about reloading. I got into it about a year ago, and uh, it's kind of like guns, too. You keep collecting them. I'm actually pricing those auto powder um, measurers. One quick question, though. Uh, I'm glad to hear that uh, Hodgson owns IMR because I've used two powders exclusively, IMR 4350 from everything from 270 to 300 uh, Weatherby Mag. I was just in the process of starting to load some 300 Weatherby Mag with a 200-grain bullet. Am I on the right track? I typically look for the fastest speed with the least amount of powder. All right, Jerry, I'm going to have to jump in here because it's not going to be fair to Tom. We're not going to have time. I'm going to direct you, if you would, go to the Hodgson website where all that data is. Tom, is that going to be the best place for people to get information? Yeah, quickly, I'd just say in, in a cartridge like that, you want to look for the best loading density, which is as much powder as you can get in it without crushing the powder. There you go. All right, uh, we're, we are flat out of time, Tom. Uh, the website, again, is Hodgson. It's H-O-D-G-D-O-N. Can we get you back on here sometime soon so we can kind of talk about this some more? Anytime, Tom, and i just like you to continue doing the great work you're doing. I appreciate it, my friend. You take care. Uh, Tom Shepard from Hodgson Powder Company. We didn't have enough time. We have got to do this again because we can still talk about loading if you want to when we come back. 866-TALK-GUNS. 